Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. And here we are with episode 35 of Who's Bekistan? Okay, yesterday the radiator got cut off. That means it is springtime. So it was a beautiful sunny day here yesterday and today. I went and rented a bicycle in the park and rode around the parks in the Greenway. It was fantastic and enjoyed being in the lovely city of Tashkent. Okay, what am I excited about? So the primary thing I'm excited about is what a wonderful and small community, the foreign community, is here. And I know I've spoken about this with some about this some before, but um but just to elaborate on what happened over the past few days. So I went and rented a bike and there was one person in Tashkent who I am not close friends with but a, a loose social acquaintance. And there was something I had really, really wanted to ask this person about their job. Lo and behold I'm riding down the street, and I look up, and there he is. And I stopped, and I said, um, I know I don't know you very well, but I was hoping to ask you about la 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 la. Stood there and talked to him for about 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, thank you, universe, for bringing to me the person who I really, really wanted to talk with in Tashkent. Similarly, the day before, an American couple lives around the corner from me. They teach at a different school. And I ran into the wife on the way to the grocery store and stopped and had a long chat with her. And that's just, to be able to walk around running into people, I think it's just fantastic. Then Friday night at the pool hall, I saw there was a group of gentlemen that were presumably American, but definitely foreigners who I didn't know. And I kind of was curious if I should go over there and introduce myself, but eh, thought that was a little bit much. Well, lo and behold, some of my other friends come meet us, and, you know, if you don't know somebody in Tashkent, wait two seconds, and you'll find somebody who does, because here comes in another friend of mine who, it was some gentlemen who work with him, and so we got to, you know, do the big introductions, and it was a group of gentlemen who work at one of the universities here. So, you know, one of the frustrations of an expat expat community is when people are kept in their silos and it's hard to get cross-pollination. So, it's really nice to see when we can kind of bring some different friend groups together and make some good connections across the aisles there for, um, yeah, so so that all the foreign community can know each other here since there's not always a good vehicle available to do that. So... Yeah, so between meeting that group of gentlemen who teach at a university here, running into my neighbor, running into the professional contact I really wanted to to talk with, it just warms my heart to be able to have access to people in this way and have these connections. And, you know, when I'm out in public and I overhear someone speaking English, which is not common, but occasionally happens, 
my instinct is I want to turn around and say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, where are you guys from? What school do you teach at? Um, I don't usually do that. Occasionally I do because I think it makes me sound like a lunatic. But maybe I should do it more in an effort to just continue to build bridges with with the foreign community that's here. So definitely excited to run into all these foreigners so easily. Next, what am I puzzled by? Uh, picking up where I left off last week, talking about um, uh, compassion for parents with child, with children with needs. So it was parent conferences this week at school, and they were mostly positive. But two particular incidents really stand out. And, you know, on the question of how do you effectively parent a child is a topic I am vastly puzzled by. I had a very, very unpleasant encounter with, we'll just call it a girl's family, with a girl's family. And I had had a, a previous unpleasant encounter with them at the parent conferences in the fall. And in the fall, the girl's family said, um, if there had been conflict that I should negotiate with the daughter and come to an agreement. I wanted to say, what planet do you live on? Here is our class agreement. Here is how our class runs. What negotiating am I doing with a 14-year-old? This is how our class rolls. I don't know what there is to negotiate. So, um, with this same girl's family, uh, she had been late 17 times since February 7th, and their reasoning was that I had not asked her nicely to come to class, that if I would just be nice and supportive and encouraging to her, that she would do her work and she would come on time. It was clearly my fault because I had not asked her nicely. Uh, keep in mind, she had multiple assignments missing in addition to her habitual tardies, one of which, uh, two of which of the assignments did involve technology. Their line was, oh, well, she doesn't have a phone. And the assignments missing from when we had online school, oh, she doesn't have a phone. And I wanted to say, so you let your daughter sit home for one month and not do any schoolwork because she, quote, doesn't have a phone. This is a wealthy family with plenty of means. So even if the daughter doesn't have a phone, other members of their family do have devices. Um, while I was dealing with one member of the family translating, another member of the family was, um, on, um, uh, was on her phone uh, talking at the top of her lungs while we were sitting there uh, chatting. So... Clearly, no one in the family has any cooth, despite being of means. So, yeah, that conversation just went on and on. And I said, well, you know, I have high standards for my class. So, um, yeah, all my fault if she comes late 17 times. That's, that's my fault for not asking nicely. Similarly, the same family uh, had a very ugly confrontation with the teacher another teacher on my hall about a discrepancy about an exam grade that I think he had maybe recorded the wrong grade that was only a few points difference. And again, she hadn't submitted much work. She does nothing in class. But by the way, let's create a huge tantrum about a couple points on a test. 
So, um, so just making a bunch of excuses for your child and saying, oh, well, this is a difficult age, this is not good parenting. Uh, similarly, another uh, family I dealt with whose father does have a big commanding presence and a big high-level job was nice to me the two times I've spoken with him, but did ask some very pointed questions about what his child's um, strengths and weaknesses were. And, you know, I mean, I sort of have an answer, you know, but it's like, well, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of everything about your child. I mean, I see them for 45 minutes a day. But, you know, I mean, I did have some, some test results and some, you know, some activity grades, you know, that I could kind of refer to. But, um, and the student, you know, her English is not, like, fantastic, but she tries hard. She participates in class, and I communicated this to the father. So, you know, he's just asking in this very demanding way, and the child is just sitting there kind of cowering in embarrassment and very, you know, embarrassed, clearly afraid of what the answer's going to be, and this hot mess. And I'm like... Well, having unrealistic expectations of your child, well, that's a hot mess too. So, you know, both of these encounters, I mean, they, I have compassion for parents that children don't come with a guidebook and you've got to figure it out. But either, of, either extreme of this spectrum, just making a bunch of excuses for your child and having no standards, or being you know, domineering and having unrealistic expectations, neither of these is good. Neither of these are good. You know, just to find some kind of way to be supportive but have standards for your child, you know, I don't have children. I don't know what it's like. But, boy, I am seeing some effects of parenting in the way that I have never seen before. And with the child whose parents just made a bunch of excuses for them, um... She was still late the next day, but 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 less late, maybe by like 30 seconds as opposed to two minutes. So um and sat there and participated for the first time in months. Little update on the student from uh last episode that I mentioned. Oh, and after getting a big song and dance from his family, guess what? He's been sitting there like an angel all week. Now I'm sure that will wear off at some point. But, you know, at the end of the day, that is the thing that helps, is communicating with parents. So, um, I, you know, I just wish I'd been in a position to do more of that with the students this year. So, anyway, how long am I going to stay? Well, working on the plans for next year and, you know, going forward with, with the, with the, Strong optimism that I'll that I'll be here, but uh, wrapping up season one of Uzbekistan on May twenty five. So, yeah, just I love the foreign community here. I love running into people in public. I love making these random connections. I love networking. I love growing the circle. I love being in a pedestrian base place, and yeah, puzzled by parenting. So that's what's on my mind this week. Thank you for listening to Uzbekistan. It's always interesting to see the analytics and see where people are listening from. So that is the Uzbekistan update. Over and out for now.